Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Lamps Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Radke, with our other host, Julian Andrews. Julian, what's up, Kyle? What's up, dude? Um, not much. Busy week at work. Uh, exciting day with the inauguration. I didn't uh, catch too exciting. much of it. I was, yeah. was kind of pretty slammed at work, but uh, excited to go back and watch some of that. I'm really happy that it went off without a hitch. Yeah, I think uh, I think everybody is. Um and just given what's what's been going on lately, I think it, it like, equally was um, like happy, but also maybe like a, a relief. Relief, I think, yeah. would be my primary I, <laughs> emotion. Yeah, that's, that's that's where I was at today. Uh, talk hoops. Were you able to watch any uh, Martin Luther King Jr. basketball? All uh, day not as much as I would have liked. I well, kind of had it on in the background. It's tough. I really like. There were times when I, or like when the, when the bubble was happening, I loved the day games because I mm-hmm. just put them on kind of in the background during work, but I've had to be very, uh, I guess, focused and on camera for a lot of my job this week. So I, I wasn't able to kind of watch basketball on the side as much, but you know, yeah, I got the bubble bit. was great. Cause I was in between jobs mm, yeah. and I set up an out, like I, I set up a, an, uh, outdoor little patio with a, I, yeah. Like three days in, I just, uh, we, we moved into a new house. I just drilled a TV into our wall. Nice. Um, and so I was just outside watching basketball day and it was fantastic, but you're right now that like actually having to work, it's hard to, um, it's hard to just like watch, <laughs> especially when, you know, the bubble's great because every game was so meaningful. Right. Um, yep. you know, at this point in the season, like no offense to the like Hawks wolves game. It's like, well, we don't even know the significance of this. And I think like maybe two of the games that were supposed to be played in the afternoon ended up getting postponed because of COVID. Yeah. yeah it's been a real kind of just touch and go with what's even gonna, like, and now South Memphis Portland is going to be postponed. And that was one I was going to watch, but guess not. I guess I won't be watching that. Uh, let's go into that game, I guess, uh, for a little bit we don't have to recap every single timberwolves game otherwise this uh, podcast is going to get real real long um but hawks won 108 to 97 uh russell 31 points malik beasley 15 no cat uh anthony edwards with 12 off the bench um you know uh punch drunk wolves on on twitter and, and those of you who um follow timberwolves twitter you you know Andy is the the one who runs it. Uh, I play basketball with Andy quite frequently and he's great because he's the opposite of who he is on Twitter and who he is in person. Um, he has a little yeah. spice on Twitter and in person, he's like the most polite human ever. Uh, <laughs> but he brought up a good point and uh, this wasn't on my show outline. So I'm just throwing a curveball at you, but basically he said, if Russell and Beasley were as good as we all thought that they were together, um, that, they would be able to carry the wolves to some of these wins with, without Carl. And I thought it was a really good point because I think you can look at the numbers and say, uh, you know, this game's an outlier, uh, you know, Beasley's only scored 15 or 16 and he's been scoring more, but like still a combined near 50 points per game. And you and I have worked for the Timberwolves before. And we know how this works with team PR. It's, you know, only X players have scored this amount or, you know, X uh-huh. teammate only, you know, 10 players in the league are combining for 20, you know, something like that, whatever the stat is. But then you look at the win loss record and you're like, yeah, that's, that's great. 
and whatever, but it doesn't really mean anything. Yep. Where, where do you stand on on how we look at Russell and, and Beasley as a back backcourt duo? I mean, I think they've kind of done that work of showing us for 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 me. You know, like I don't yeah. really feel like I have to do much interpreting. The team has been horrible when it's been just the two of them. And, you know, there's always an excuse. Like you can always be like, okay, the sporting, the rest of the sporting cast isn't very good, but at the end of the day, yeah, you're right. And Andy is right. Like really good players carry their teams and they're not doing it. So it's tough. Cause I feel like we've kind of had this conversation before, but there just isn't really a, d- a depth of analysis as somebody who's not like an expert in X's and O's. There's really not, there's only so much analysis I can do in this situation. They just, they're not carrying the team. They're not getting it done. And, you know, I hope they turn it around. hundred percent. And I think on the opposite of that, people are looking at Andrew Wiggins in golden state and his defense does look better, but his stats are pretty similar to what they were in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And he's getting all this national attention for breaking out. And that's just what happens when you, when, when, well, sure. Um, like he, he might regress, but if the warriors, keep winning it won't matter right yes because, 100%. Yes. because those plays will be considered winning plays where when you're on a losing team they're they're you know they're just plays yeah Beasley's 15 and 5 would look a lot better if the Wolves won by 20 like there's yeah. no question about it yeah 100% yeah. uh okay uh let's get to a wing that uh I don't think he has been cut or released yet uh so I'll, I'll bring you through the story of what I know and I, I want to We'll start out by this because I think when uh, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, it was announced that the, the Cavs are going to try to trade or release him. Uh, I should say it's been reported, not announced. Um, but uh, basically, he threw a temper tantrum because the team gave Torin Prince his locker. And it doesn't seem like Kevin Porter Jr. was informed that his locker would be taken. Um, which if you're the Cavaliers, it's shame That's on you. It's pretty annoying. Yeah. It like, is. yeah. If somebody gave away my desk at work and didn't tell me, I would, my, if my employer did that, I would not feel good. Especially when you know, Kevin Porter Jr. already has, he's, he has some issues off the court, uh, heading into the, the draft last year. There were, there were a bunch of concerns. I think he got suspended at USC. Uh, he hasn't played a game this year. Um, he was in a single car accident in November. Police found a loaded handgun and, and marijuana in Porter's car. Uh, Porter says, said that he didn't know the, the gun was in there, which might be even more alarming. Um, yeah. but I talked to Porter in Chicago at the combine at the draft. And his quote was, I think I can contribute on multiple teams, which he showed last year. He can, he, he was a solid rookie. I feel like I just need to show my character and show that the team can trust me as a player on and off the court. Well, <laughs> here we, here we are, you know, a, a little over a year into his career and, and uh, things are playing out like, you know, teams that passed on him maybe thought they would. Mm-hmm. Julian, if you're the, Tim- if you're the Timberwolves and you're probably not going to make the playoffs this, this year is Kevin Porter Jr., a guy you take a chance on, or is it not worth the risk? Uh, I would say that there is little to no risk in taking that chance. Um, so I, I would definitely take a chance on him. I think that you have to take those types of chances when you're a team like the Wolves. And a, a, oftentimes, I think that um, guys get, you know, these are young men and young people, and they get into s- bad situations with teams. And 
things go south and a change of scenery can totally transform someone's career and someone's life. So I think you 100% take that chance. I, I, yeah, 100%. So I think the opposite. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, I, I, I just think that uh, it just seems like the, the Wolves have too many wings on their roster the way it is. And bringing in someone like that when your team is already under so much scrutiny and you're not winning and people are like, man, Jarrett Culver's not good. And Anthony Edwards is so high and low. It's like bringing in another guy to take minutes away from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't seem it. great. Yeah, I get it. They don't have to. They, I mean, developing Anthony Edwards is priority number one, right? So whatever, you, if you decide that bringing in a guy like Porter would hurt that, then you definitely don't do that. Yeah, I, I agree. It'll be interesting uh, to see where he'll go, and and we'll find out. But hey, the star of our show is here. Wow! It's Michael Rand of the Star Tribune. That interview next. We are now joined by Michael Rand of the Star Tribune. Rand, how you doing? Good, Kyle. How you doing, man? Hey, Julian, how you doing? Good. Good, Good man. Um, too. Just just kind of doing whatever he's doing. Just we're we're working from home. We're finding new technology. Um, yes. Man, tell me about it. Been working uh, for like ten months in a row. It's unbelievable. The the positives, there's the highs and lows. Like this morning, mm-hmm. I had a handful of Cheez Its at ten thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a high and a low, maybe. But um, <laughs> you know, it's just a wave. It's a ride the wave, man. You gotta you gotta find uh, you gotta find the highs. You gotta you gotta find take the take the sim- the simple pleasures uh, in, in all of it, uh, as it were. Um. Rand, we, we could sit here and talk mm-hmm. X's and O's about the, the wolves. Um, I could. And, yeah, right. And, you know, whatever. But I, I think we're at the point in the – I don't want to say we're at the point in the season already where maybe that's boring and we could go into deeper talks. But I wanted to, to bring you in on, on one topic in particular, mm-hmm. and it's something that you've been covering for uh, – unfortunately for, for, for fans probably like a, a little too long. But um, the relationship between – the regional sports networks uh, like Fox Sports North and some of the streaming services um, for somebody that has like, let's say somebody has Xfinity or whatever it is. And they, they have, they don't even know what you're talking about. Can you, can you get us up to speed? Yeah. Um, So basically, so all these regional sports networks used to be owned by like, you know, Disney was Disney at bottom a long time ago. It's like the series of like 21, regional sports networks of which Fox Sports North is one of them. Uh, The Sinclair group uh, purchased them a little over 18 months ago. And that seems to be kind of the history of where the problem started. Um, Not long after that acquisition, there was a contract dispute dish network and sling TV, which sling TV I had at the time dropped FSN. Um, and a lot of these other regional sports networks from from their menu of offerings. So you could no longer, if you had those services, couldn't get it anymore. So it's like, okay, you're kind of channel hopping, you know, you know provider hopping now. Um, along the way, I think like the start of 2020, Fubo TV, which isn't wasn't as popular, but still some people had it, also uh, lost FN. And the recently, the big big the big thing was two other two the the two biggest two of the biggest like streaming services that offered these regional sports networks, um, Hulu live TV, which again, I have now and um, YouTube TV, both dropped FSN and all these other regional sports. networks. So if you have these streaming services, you can't watch FSN right now. And I think it's, 
it's not, I wouldn't even call it come say it comes close to the majority of subscribers because, you know, DirecTV subscribers still have it. Um, Xfinity, you know, the the big cable providers still have it. But if you're in this, you know, cord cutter uh, category where, you know, you wanted to get you kind of a pared down menu of channels, you don't watch a million things, you just kind of have the channels you want. This used to be a great way to get it uh, for a lesser price. And now you're kind of getting squeezed because you don't have all the channels you want anymore. In particular, you can't watch the wolves, you can't watch the wild. And so it's becoming a particularly big deal because these things, the two latest that got dropped were um, Hulu and, and YouTube. Both of them got dropped after the twin season, but before the NBA and NHL season. So it's like, it might not, it might've gone unnoticed for some people who didn't, you know, have the, you know, weren't watching a lot of FSN in that time, but now people are pissed. Um, is, is the polite way to put it. Well, I think when you, when, especially when you label uh, like Hulu, like they spent so much money on Hulu has live sports. Yeah, they have live, some live sports. I mean, some, it's still technically true. They are uh, live. They are live. They still have some, there are still sports. I have still watched sports, but yeah, they don't have, you know, the, in these regional sports networks, you know, if you're in the Twin Cities, like a lot of games are on these RSNs. Um, you know, that the Wolves, mm-hmm. Pretty much, I think all 82 games are, or 72 this year, are on FSN. Almost every wild game, not tonight, not you know, not Wednesday night, but that's a NBC Sports thing. But most wild games are on that channel. Most Twins games are on that channel. A lot of United games, a lot of Lynx games. Uh, it's a lot of missing content. So forcing people to either choose to go back to cable slash satellite or just kind of ride out the, the storm and hope it gets better. So, so when you say that uh, YouTube TV or Hulu is dropping the FSM, like how does that deal mm-hmm. break down? Is it is it the streaming service? Uh, like who's like how does that fall apart? Yeah. Like who's backing out? That's a good question. I mean, it, it's contracts expired, and then they couldn't. You know, whether the bargaining and the is happening in good faith. Um, you know, is, is is a good question, but basically. The negotiation between Sinclair and all these other services that have, you know, all these streaming services and and Dish, which is a pretty major satellite provider that have dropped these RSNs. Um, I, Sinclair, I've seen them a, a little bit more aggressively trying to portray the streaming services as the bad guys lately, like saying, yeah. you know, we, we want to have, the, we want you to have these live sports, we want you to have these options, but we think we've offered them a, a fair a fair price to, to carry these on their, on their, on their channels and they're not doing it. Um, at the same time, if you look and see how many different, you know, streaming services and dish network, like there's five total. If you count Fubo, that's five different carriers that within the last two years, you know, since July of 19 have all reached an impasse with one, uh, you know, one kind of, network career of of these things i that that lends me to believe that that maybe the fault is more on the part of sinclair but i don't know what's happening in the kind of the behind the scenes negotiations and then who who do you think and you might not be able to answer this but Mm -hmm. you know like who has the leverage now like if this does get resolved what's what has to change i guess i think the leverage coming right now is you know people are getting noisier about it because Mm -hmm. i think I think YouTube and Hulu have about 
three, I think the last data I've seen is roughly 3 million subscribers each, which is not nothing. You know, it's not, you know, it's a, it's a slice of the market share, but you know, if you compare it to, you know, it's not the same as, you know, direct TV or something like that, but, or even like the cumulative people who still have cable all throughout the 50 States, but people are getting noisier now that, now that they've been dropped from these two. So I think what's going to, what's going to, what's going to happen is, I think people are going to be people who have those two services, I think are going to be out of luck for the next few months. Uh, I don't think they're going to magically resolve this anytime really soon because Sinclair also has made some noise about wanting to have like a standalone app option and things like that, that they would reveal in 2021. I don't know exactly how that's going to work, but they're doing this whole rebrand where they're going to becoming the Bally sports network and offer in-game gambling. I'm sure you guys can't wait for that. Um, I'm not calling you guys degenerates or anything, but you know, so we'll accept, we'll accept the label if yeah, um, think, that might be nice. Yeah, you're being generous. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, so that that could be part of their whole rebrand strategy. So I don't think they're necessarily eager to cut any sure. major deals. Um, I think it's you know, I think the leverage is, I guess it, it kind of depends on how much Sinclair is losing by people, you know, by by losing these carrier fees. And they did say they were probably losing, you know drop in revenue of about 10% in the fourth quarter of last year, some of which was attributed to, um, you know, this not having these, you know, the carrier fees for, for these regional sports networks on the, on the flip side, Hulu and YouTube TV in particular, the, the latest to drop them, they're gonna have to decide, well, are we losing subscribers as a result of this? I haven't dropped Hulu yet because I'm kind of waiting it out a little bit, but you know, it's, if, if it goes much longer, I won't have Hulu anymore. I'll figure out something else. Uh, and then, you know, and then they're losing my $65 a month and enough people decide that, then, then they maybe have to say, well, wait a minute, it's worth it because, you know, even if it's costing us X amount, we're losing this many subscribers as a result. of it. I do wonder just because I think, uh, a lot of people have figured out, alter- let's just say alternative ways of mm-hmm. watching the wolf. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of, I've seen a lot of that, you know, people on Twitter, it's not hard yeah, to find no. a dream, mm-hmm. but it is kind of hard to, you know, find a stream of everything else that's on like a Hulu or a, or a YouTube TV. So I kind of wonder if, if that, if that will affect things eventually, but is there anything in your eyes that the league could be doing to kind of resolve, help resolve this? Because you do, you have to think that if local fans are having a hard time watching their local teams, that does have a negative impact on fandom and on the league. So is there anything yeah. the league office or can be doing? That's, that's a good question. I mean, teams can't like this, right? Teams can't like the right. fact, especially, you know, in a pandemic where there's no in-game or very limited in-game attendance, you know, there's a few NBA markets that are allowing some fans in, but by and large, the only way you can consume live sports right now is by watching it on TV. So if you can't get it through TV, the league's got to be furious that, you know, especially because a lot of people who probably have these streaming services, maybe skew a little bit younger. That's, that's kind of your next wave of fans. If you're cutting them off at a certain point, and saying you can't have this, you know, by legal means, and you know they're going searching for some of those alternatives that that you you referenced uh, that are maybe out there, and even some of those aren't really. I've I've heard some people saying that those aren't working quite as well this year, or that they're a little bit more hit and miss, uh, especially as there's been some crackdown on not the people who watch them, but the the people who provide those streams. I think that's made some people nervous, so that might be kind of going by the wayside. So. Yeah, I think I don't know what like what kind of leverage the leagues have, but I do think the ultimate result of this might be kind of a different way that you're you're able to consume 
these sports, I just don't think it's going to happen. Like none of this is going to happen super fast so that you can watch, you know, the Wolves game tonight or, you know, on Friday or Saturday. Uh, I, I don't see a resolution to it coming that fast, but you know, it's, you've kind of seen like the whole structure of how TV is delivered, get, you know, debundled and you know, those different things you can do, different packages you can get, you know, the cord cutting and they're going to have to figure out how to keep the, how to keep the, the cash flow going because a lot of these leagues are held held together by TV contracts. Let's face it. Like the NBA, the only reason it's exploded in the last 10, 15 years, at least in terms of salary cap and salaries is the TV contract. Those have gone way up and that's driving franchise values and things like that. If that, if the rug gets pulled out from underneath that owners are going to be left holding the bag. Yeah. I wonder if it'll impact the value of the a potential wool sale, but I don't know. A lot to think about Kyle. Do you, well, I, mean, I, I just no, you're good. I I just think like I I remember like working for the Wolves and um, obviously writing articles. And this is the this is the the true journalist in me. Um, mm-hmm. Writing articles to get fans in the seat was big, but mm-hmm. once we realized that might have been a lost cause some seasons, it was all about trying to push them to Fox Sports North or push them mm-hmm. to um, WCCO Radio. Um, but yeah, more so that the FSN. And I think like, okay, um, it's like the Lakers who, I don't know how many games they have, but uh, on uh, national TV, but they probably have like 40 or 45 games or something ridiculous, right? Like those teams aren't the ones hurting, um, you know, if, if their deals fall apart, similar to this, it's teams like the Wolves where, um, I, you know, where yeah, they have, on NBA TV a couple times. Yeah, and like that's those are their national yeah. games, quote unquote, yeah. and, and nobody uh-huh. can see them. And you know, and like the league pass model is great, but if it's in your area, it doesn't matter. You can't watch those games right. anyways. Um, so yeah, I mean, like to, to, to Julian's point, it's just like for for small market teams, it just seems like an absolute nightmare, and um, it just gets worse because all these young kids can just they can still watch their stars, just not their local stars that the team wants them to to watch. Yeah, it shouldn't be so. It shouldn't be this hard, right? And then I think the thing that makes people particularly mad is that you you bought a product because it had a certain thing, and then it got taken away. It's not like you went into this being like Hulu doesn't have sports, um, but I'm going to get Hulu anyway because I hope that someday they add sports. Now I'm really mad because they didn't. It's like no, that you got it. And then they took it away. They took away your regional sports networks. And that's upsetting, right? That's that's like you're still paying the same. They didn't cut my bill. In fact, they raised my bill recently uh, without, you know, and also took away services. So that, that, that's nobody's really winning in, in all of this right now. And, and I, I do hope there's some kind of resolution to it. I, I just don't see what the, the easy path forward is because I, I think Sinclair's got some ambitions. I just don't see how they're going to pull them off in the short term um, and make it so that, you know, everybody who wants to watch for a reasonable price is able to do that. It's really interesting with the league right now. I feel like, cause there's such this, such an intense focus on digital. Like they've, they're mm-hmm. streaming games on Facebook and Twitter. Like the WNBA was streaming a ton of games on social media. Yeah. Like they, they want to be on these streaming channels. Like I think that the, I, <clears throat> I don't know this for sure, but I think that the league sees streaming social media, like these kind of alternative ways of watching the games is a big part of its future. And especially with cultivating young fans. So it is just really interesting to me that there's this tension right now. And as you mentioned with the younger fans, like the, the fans that the, the league needs most in these local markets to kind of bring, especially when we come back into the arenas um, and start trying to build 
you know, new season mm-hmm. ticket holders just having the kind of the rug pulled out from under them. So yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm with you. I'm really curious to see how this gets resolved because I, I'm sure the league would not like a situation where we have like, you know, two years of no people not being able to watch the games on streaming. Right. And you know, right. And it's, it's, it's going to force people eventually, you know, I, I might have to go back to like a cable or a satellite situation at some point. And I can, I can, you know, I can afford that. I just, I, I don't want to do that. I don't like the two-year contract. Like the one of the nice things about these streaming services is you go month to month and you, you kind of got a limited commitment that way, you know, if they do change on you, if you don't like it, you know, it's kind of feels like that's how we like to consume things these mm-hmm. days. I don't want to go back to Xfinity. I, I don't want, you know, it's, it's, it, and again, it's, it's not like I can't have these things. It's that I used to have them one way and now it got taken away. And that, that's, that's, I have a hard time with as someone with Xfinity, I can tell you um, uh, my bill is very high and it never stops going down. And I have no idea why um, I moved it down. No, no, no. Sorry. It won't go down. Oh, like, it never God. goes down. There's no, like, there's no deal. There's no, I moved and I was trying to like switch addresses and I said I was going to leave them and they didn't give me any deal that I thought they called my bluff. I wasn't willing, I wasn't willing to, to move on. Um, but like, I don't even know if you can, you can answer this because, but it just seems like we were like two years ago from this happening uh, previously. And like, why does, why does this keep happening? Why? Like, uh, and like, maybe you've already answered this. But. I mean, the, the why I think is that sports programming is expensive. Like these are, these are expensive offerings. The league, you know, sports have been such a cash cow for these these providers for such a long time uh, and make the leagues a ton of money. That's why the contracts are so expensive. The advertising is good. You can put them on these cable tiers. They're 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 expensive, um, and so you do get these disputes. You don't you don't find these same disputes like you don't get like Hulu dropped the Hallmark Channel. Like no, it's like there's not like these same and it's not the same outrage either. Like I don't think they dropped the Hallmark, Hallmark Channel as an example, but. You know, there's not the same outrage factor for sports or for other things as there are for sports. So, you know, I think the big thing is that it is complicated. These contracts are complicated. There's a lot of money changing hands. And Sinclair coming into the Sinclair coming into the mix and maybe having a pretty hard line stance on these negotiations. I think a lot of times you would see these kind of threats that they were going to pull these channels and then at the last minute it'd be like, no, they reached an extension. We figured out the price. Like that, that seemed like it used to happen a fair amount, like there was going to be like a channel taken away and then it wasn't. And now it's like, no, they just disappear for 18 months or longer. And that, uh, that, that does seem strange to me. If I remember correctly, the FSN deal is, will have to be renegotiated somewhat soon, right? Is there a, is there any chance that this ha- impacts into that at all? Or is that it kind of, um, that's a good question. I think it's, I think there's maybe another year left. So it's not, not too far down the road. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe that does become a part of it. Maybe there's, there's something that, that can be done along the way there. Um, but I don't think FSN is going to want like less money. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. like these, you know, the, the national revenue is the big slice of the pie for these TV contracts, but you know, the, the local stuff does, it does help pay the bills too. So I don't know. Uh, we, we have some very upset people in the background about that. The regional sports networks can't come to terms with. It's true. Uh, it's true. I'm upset too. Um, well, Rand, but before you go and we really appreciate you, you joining us. Um, you have something to pitch. You 
have a new podcast. And when you told me about this, I was very excited because it's something that I think the, the Twin City sports scene needs. Um, and you already kind of do that with with uh, your writing. Nobody else does that kind of style. But what what are you going to bring to the people? Yeah, we got a daily sports podcast that we're launching uh, called Strip Sports Daily Delivery, um, February first. So, like twelve days from from recording right now, um, it, it goes live. It'll be Monday through Friday. Should be up around eight a.m. every day, which means I'll be getting up very early. Um, <laughs> used to, uh, so I won't uh, I won't be staying up late to watch the things I can't watch on FSN um, at least through. <laughs> ordinary means but no it's it, it should be fun uh, we'll have a lot of you know star tribune sports guests um, a lot of outside guests i'll do kind of some of the same things i do on Randball, uh but just in podcast form about half an hour every day uh monday through friday which i don't know if that's a lot or not but we'll find that's out That's a lot i think yeah but but i mean I, with, with so many sports yeah. with so many sports going on and obviously such a talented team at the star tribune and a lot of different personalities um as long as you let let Chris sing karaoke, um, oh yeah, some episodes. I think and play some piano too. Yeah, oh, I, I, I see some of his posts and I love them. Um, yeah. Rant, we appreciate it, man. Um, best of luck. We'll we'll be tuning into the podcast. Everybody else should too. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. All right, later, thanks. man. There you have it, Michael Rant. Yeah, that was yes. really interesting. I'm. Yeah. I'm really glad we had him on. This is something I'm very interested in personally, um, just kind of the business side of how all this works. And as a streaming TV subscriber, I am also personally impacted by this. So I'm I'm really happy we had him on. Yeah, no, Rand's a great guy. And um, I think everybody sees all these negotiations and they're like, okay, like the, it'll be resolved or um, they, you know, it's this person's fault or this person's fault and Rand's actually you should go read out some of his stuff at the star tribune he's been writing um uh frequently about it uh you know in the last few weeks just because of the magnitude and i mean he brought up a great point in, in one of his articles about how uh you know be, being a sports writer and having these you know streaming uh what you know outlets just like all of us have right but when all of a sudden you can't watch the games yeah. And like you said, like there's ways to watch the games, but like you, you know, when you get Hulu, yes, like you see Joel Embiid and Damian Lillard and these commercials being like, okay, live sports, I can watch my favorite team. Just kidding. You can't. Um, a buddy of mine joked all the time about how he had YouTube TV and, and I have Xfinity and um, he just basically was made fun of me. Cause he's like, how could you do Xfinity? Like you could save this, this, this. And now I'm the one I, I texted text him the other day and I was like, Hey, how's this wolves game? And he, of course he's like, I can't watch it. Um, and I knew that cause I'm a bad friend. Um, but yeah. Um, and the, the podcast sounds interesting too. I like that idea. Yeah, totally. I'll definitely be listening. It's cool. Yeah. I, I feel like I've been kind of missing out on the like daily sports like it's like I, I I read a lot of the analysis, but mm -hmm. I don't watch quite as many basketball games as I used to, and I don't read as many game recaps, and I certainly don't write as many game recaps. So it's it's going to be nice to just like know the things that are important on any given day. You know, like what did I what do I have to know going into today? Yeah, and it's a good shift for for the Star Tribune because mm -hmm. um, they've done a lot of stuff that's outside of the newspaper box, and and like I think a lot of it's been led by by. Um, 
brand, but just the, the podcast is a, is a great idea too, because you're, I mean, we talked about this a lot with the Timberwolves and um, like you, you don't want necessarily your reporters or your um, writers to be bigger than the brand overall. Right. But a, a lot of that drives what you're selling uh, to begin with. So it's, it's a good way to, to advertise some of those, some of those guys, um, kind of for free. So 30 minutes. Yeah. And I mean, I'll definitely, you know, go to the trip to like hear Rand's voice. I think he's a really good reporter and smart guy as we just heard. So definitely. Yeah. And he brought us into the, um, doing a podcast at home the during, a, pan- of during pandemic. a pandemic. Yeah, hundred percent. I was like, I, uh, I, I feel you, man. Um, all right, Julian. That's a, that was a good podcast. Uh, I agree. What did we learn? Um, we learned a we're lot screwed. about. We're screwed. Yeah, uh, it seems like <laughs> it, it, it's an issue that's not going to be resolved anytime soon. Nope. We learned that Julian wants to sign Kevin Porter Jr. or trade for him. I mm-hmm. do not. And well, to be fair, okay, I would not have come up with that idea on my own. You said, "What do you think about trading for Kevin Porter Jr.?" And I was like, "Oh, I guess." That sounds leading, great. It's a leading, like, ah, I actually hate it. It's, so, a, lead, it's a leading it's a question. Little set up, but whatever. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but that's good because I think a lot of the times when we worked for the Timberwolves, we hung out so much that I think we just had the same opinions. Yeah. It's true. Uh, so it's good not to uh, have that. Uh, let's look at the Timberwolves. I enjoy not hanging out with me as much. It's great. It's great. <laughs> it's great. It's great so I can disagree and fight with you. Uh Upcoming schedule for the Wolves. We're recording this on a Wednesday. You'll listen to this on a, on a Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday, whenever you are. Um, but they play the Magic on Wednesday night, and then Friday, Atlanta again, and then the Pelicans on Saturday. Uh, those are all at Target Center. Not that it really makes a difference because there's no fans there, I guess. But um, And then the, the team goes on the road for two games against the, the, the Warriors. So... Um, I think my guess would be Carl Anthony Towns and Wancho Hernan Gomez would be eligible to return like mid next week. Mm-hmm. And el- eligible is a very loose term, right. assuming that they didn't have symptoms and they're feeling okay. And um, they still want to play basketball 15 games into the season. That's been kind of a dumpster fire. Yeah. So, and no fault of their own either. Um, as we've talked about before, but uh, Julian, you have a great evening. You as well, Kyle. Um, everyone, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you on Monday. Right.